she scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN and PWHPA presents Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it. Welcome back to the Knox and Cack Show on SDPN in partnership with the PWHPA. This is the episode you've all been asking for. And even though I had to butcher my high school French education to ask our guest on, it was well worth my embarrassment. (laughs) She needs no introduction, but we're going to give one anyways. Four-time Olympian, only athlete to score in all four gold medal games at the Olympics, two-time world champion, representing Team Harvey's Montreal, the PWHPA. Graduate of psychology from Boston University, which makes total sense because her hands are insane. <laughs> Captain Clutch, Mary Philippe Poulain. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Pooh. This, this, this might have been the best intro yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, after I embarrassed myself with my French, I was like, okay, I got to try to do this, try to redeem myself here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Google Translate did pretty good. Not yeah. <laughs> I had time was Google Translate, but I, I even translated it back to make sure that it like translated back to English. That's so smart. Double That's checking. Smart. Well I learned that one in university too. Arrow, right? That's yeah, smart. Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> you ever use that for interviews and stuff? Like, I'm sure you get asked a lot of email questions, and you're like, I don't want to answer this entire thing in English. You got. You must use it, right? A little yeah. bit. I have a lot of help too, so. Yeah. You got good friends. Good Good support system. Love it. So let's get into the episode a little bit. Um, Before we talk about your career, we're going to ask you some fun questions sprinkled throughout the episode. So the first one, if you had to go on one of the following shows, which would you choose and why? Survivor, Top Chef, or Big Brother? Oh, well... I love food, so Top Chef would be pretty awesome. But to be honest, Survivor would be something pretty awesome to do. I feel like, you know, you're kind of love like those situations where you have to like get out of something or like in nature too. So be a tough decision between these two. A little level of com- compete or competitiveness yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah. Imagine going on an island for Survivor and then Mary Fleet Plant steps on the island like, well, I'll just take the next ship home. Thanks. (laughs) How are you going to compete with that? Uh, I love that. Cax, what would you choose? Um, Probably not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do well at top chef. That's for sure. I don't think I would do well in (laughs) pressure, uh, cooking under pressure there. I don't know, big brother or survivor, probably survivor. I think I could build things and, do pretty well. Uh, yeah, Jack would be good for sure. Survivor. Yeah, I think I'll figure. I'd figure it out. Yeah. She's resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. She be whittling little knives and stuff. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I'd say Big Brother. I'd like to believe I'd be good at Big Brother because I'm like, oh, like I'll just make friends with everybody, and then that would probably get me kicked off in the first week. So <laughs> that's just how it is. Okay, honestly, okay, so- I like it. While everyone's here, I guess let's get into talking a little bit about uh, your hockey career. Um, you grew up playing with the boys, right? And you played midget AAA. Um, actually, most recently, you're offered an ECHL contract um, after the Olympics, but you turned it down. 
as you know, we all kind of thought you would uh, and invited them to, to invest in the women's game. So just talk us through a little bit, what it was like growing up with the boys and, and what kind of why you made that, that decision at the time. Yeah. Like uh, I come from a small town, Bowesville and obviously girls hockey was not very available for any of the girls. And I was pretty much the only one that back then. And obviously I have an older brother who played hockey as well. So I kind of followed its footstep. Um, and obviously my parents saw how much I love hockey. They gave me the opportunity to try. And that's something I'm so thankful for. Like having them being okay with me being the only one playing hockey that they would, it would be hard in the rink. I would, they would always have to go see the guy in the ring, make sure there was an empty room somewhere after the, the games, they would make sure there would be a room and they would always be by the door to make sure nobody would be in there. So make sure uh-huh. I could shower. And those are all the things obviously at that time, you don't realize how big it is, but mm-hmm. holy, I can't imagine how much time they spent in the ring just to make sure I was safe and I was okay. And to be honest, I was very lucky in my career with guys, how um, the guys were like, that's yeah. something I'm very thankful because you hear stories with girls playing with guys and it's, it's sending, it, it's crazy. And I can't believe that would have happened. But the one thing is coaches, I would make sure I was part, one of them. I was their sister and they would take care of me. And I felt it through it all. Uh, like on the ice, I would get hit and I would see the guys come in like four or five guys right away, like, you know, taking care of me. And that's, that's something I'm so thankful for. And obviously I played until the age of 15 and had to make a decision. I knew I couldn't like kind of keep up with them. They were bigger, they were faster and, and that's okay. And that, that moment, like I feel like I remember at the start of the school year, um, I went to three different schools in Bowes because I had no idea what I was going to play. I was either going to play just practice with some boys, didn't play any games, or play with the older girls in Quebec City, or actually made that decision to go to Montreal, go to an English school, uh, play in the... um, it was a CWHL back then. Yeah, yeah. the stars back then. Yeah. yeah. And obviously I was the, the young one there, but I play with the, these ladies that really helped me through it all. And that's something I'm so thankful for. And obviously my path kind of changed in that sense. And talking about the contract, the ECHL, obviously when that happened, I, I kind of didn't know because I was not on social media, really on Twitter <laughs> or Facebook in the Olympics. And I remember Emily kind of sent me a text and did you see that? Like, Oh, wow. I did not expect that at all. And <laughs> in my head, that did not make sense at all. What's the point of having one girl playing in a, in men's hockey when what we're trying to do for the last how many years, guys? Hmm. Building a league for all of us to be in one place and like making a living and make sure we're taking care of. And at that point, obviously, like we just obviously declined politely and just made them invited to promote women's hockey and invest in us and believe in us. And instead of having just having that one moment where they talk about women's hockey and then. Yeah. I love that. We're going to, we're going to get back to that for sure later on in in the episode. And I want to, I want to backtrack a couple, uh, maybe two, three things you said. Um, so Sorry, you were just talking about it. No, no, that, that was perfect. perfect. <laughs> this is exactly where we want to go. So you, you, um, you decided to make the move right from Beauceville to Montreal. So you're about what, 15, 16 years old, uh, at the time. And then, so goodbye, mom and dad and brother, <laughs> I'm out. Uh, I get into a city and I go to an English high school for those of you who doesn't know or don't know Beauceville is ultra French. Um, to the max. Did you even like, you barely spoke English, right? At the time? Uh, yes. No toaster. toaster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> Love it. That's about yes, it. Snow toaster. <laughs> so can you just like walk us through a little bit of like that decision and, and, you know, who was there to help you out through maybe those years as well too. Cause it, it, I think that's a very stressful decision to just remove yourself from anything you knew to, you know, join the stars, which is a lot of older people in that team and make sure your development was good in the hockey world as well too. So, okay. yeah. There are so many people like uh, I have a list of people. I remember like <laughs> being in Bozeville, my computer and my mom was making food and she was just saying, are you sure? Like, is that what you want? And to be honest, I remember being on the phone with Lisa Marie Breton, yeah. where she was like the captain of the, the stars. And she was just saying like, they're set up and what they could offer and what they would. And I was like, okay, that sounds awesome. And then Amy Doyle, I was on the phone with her talking. She was talking to me about the Cooper Academy where I went to um, high school and explaining the, the stuff where Britt Prevey was there. She was one of the teachers. She was also playing for the Star de Montreal. And obviously that that uh, driving part would be covered in terms of like me going with Britt at every practice. She was driving me everywhere. So all of it would start kind of make sense in my head. I was like, okay, like, and then living situation, Lorraine Rougeau, I uh, was able to live at her place uh, for two years with my beloved family. It was unbelievable. Like they were so helpful and obviously I uh, had to play, I had the chance to play with, with Lorraine. So that was awesome. So all of it kind of came together and the next day, My mom took the day off and she literally put my suitcase and my, all my stuff in the in the car and we drove the two of us into Montreal. And obviously, as we got closer, like, okay. Oh, the know, nerves. You know, it's like... Yeah. Emotional. <laughs> yeah. Tears are coming yeah. out. For, for a mom, like, it's like, oh boy, I'm losing my, my baby. Like, she, I've been there and she's helped me through it all. And obviously, when we got there, like, at the school, it's like a private, so uniform. So that's a <laughs> new thing now, but a little scary. <laughs> Whoa, that is different. I really enjoyed it because every morning, you know what? It was all ready to go and I no thinking about what you were going to wear. And anyway, when I got there, obviously everything's in English. Hi, how are you? Excited to have you here. Uh, yes, you? so all of it was like oh boy boy okay like and then like, you start meeting other teachers and like the environment and you can't even have a conversation like they literally look at you they're so excited to talk to you but it's like you, you don't know yeah you know i remember having that first conversation with brett and she was like like i i saw it in her eyes like super excited but like okay we're gonna have work here you know it's like it's gonna be a process but all these people really helped me going to montreal make it happen and then obviously having so many like of the older players on the team helped me getting to the rink during the weekend and all of it together to be honest i'm so so thankful for all of them like the kim st pierre the kelly sudia liz brett those are girls that i i, I don't know what i've done without them yeah. they made you feel comfortable and kind of like be okay with this decision and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, okay. So you're, you're going to obviously Cooper Academy. You're playing for uh, how long did you go for to Cooper? Two years or one year? One year and then Dawson. For okay. One. So you made the call. So in Quebec, we do CJEP before we go to university. So you made the call to go to the Dawson Blues. Great CJEP. I went there too. Love it. <laughs> um, I about Dawson, Noxie, because you know what? You know, people ask me who helped me, like, so I can play hockey, who were my idols. But let me tell you, back when I was 11, 12, there was a summer team called Ice Storm, okay? Okay. Like, 
I mean, Zimelo and Rizzo, like we all played together. Like we were pretty good. Okay. They were sick. There was, and there was an older team. Okay. Where Cax was playing. Catherine Ward was playing. And Sophie was playing. Manny Blair was playing. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Those were the girls, you know, and I remember like they were playing, the, we were playing the same tournament in Boston and they were playing after me. Okay. And I literally, all the girls would be like going to the restaurant. I was like, and I would literally make sure my, we would stay at the game to watch them. And my parents, I would tell my mom, I want to watch these girls. Like literally. And they're like, really? Like, yeah. Who like, would have thought that? And I <laughs> Who remember, would come on the show and say that she watched Cax, looked up to Cax? <laughs> you know, the first time we're like, we got to get closer. And now it's like, well, they're all my best friends. Like the Warren, the Cax, like, you know, and yeah. the play with them in the menu. It's like, just crazy how worlds work. It's it's great. Those are little moments that we don't talk about as often, but that makes a big difference. Absolutely. And like you say, like this is you're now immersing yourself in a culture of women's hockey that like you haven't had before. So it probably was a really cool experience to be like, holy shit, like look at all these fantastic athletes and they're all women. Like that's when we talk about visibility, like Mm -hmm. This is the kid it matters to like the, the, you know, you grow up in a small town and you only played boys hockey and then boom, you make a really hard decision. And now you have like idols, role models that you can like look across the room at or, you know, watch their game. And like, that really does, it makes a difference in like your dreams. Right. Like, I feel like that's part of our whole messaging as the PWHPA is just like, give these girls something to look at, like give Mm -hmm. them something to dream for. Yep. So you went to, Tell us a little bit then about your decision and like how kind of what was happening in your life when you decide to go to Boston University, because I was joking before, like I was living in my parents' basement and like basically calling coaches, begging them, please give me a spot, which is kind of the same story as you, but you, you, you tell your story. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> well, obviously like my situation was a little different. Like it happened very quick. It was very late. Um, Cause I was at the during I, I was centralized in Calgary. It was during the Olympic year. Uh, it was 2009, 2010 was trying to make my first Olympic year. And obviously very stressful time. Um, and I didn't know where I was going to go Olympic year. So throughout that year, you get phone calls. Um, and obviously I'm not the best picker at phones. No as way. You can imagine. <laughs> so I get sharp a lot at this moment. <laughs> I did not pick up the phone really to talk to coaches. Obviously it was, it was hard on them, on me as well. But I knew I was really focused on the Olympic year at that moment making the team and obviously after the Olympic happened I was like okay what what's next where am I going now it's like you know it's March and we have to start in August you know she waited that long poor coaches March April I went to North Dakota Wisconsin and BU and I know BU Catherine Moore was going so I went with Catherine uh, at that moment to, to go visit and obviously it was, I think it was between Wisco and uh, BU and I just, I don't know, BU was like a little bit smaller, closer to home. And obviously Wisco was unbelievable, unbelievable school, but I know I felt a little bit closer to BU at that moment. And uh, yeah, decided to go there. I was lucky enough to go with Wardo for the first year, kind of go with her there. And I was very happy with my decision. So obviously like end of April, May, that's when I literally committed <laughs> <laughs> BD, good on him. We're going to yeah, give him some love too. 
Yeah, I'm really thankful. That's for sure. Yeah, that staff waited and were patient. I mean, no honestly, kidding. honestly, I think anyone and everyone would have been patient and they understood your situation. Too. I was going to say, there's like should... three or four, like uh, there's a Wisconsin jersey with a 29 on it and there's a uh, Northeastern jersey. With tw- <laughs> they just all ordered one. They're like, listen, worst case scenario, we just pitch this. She doesn't come here. <laughs> we have to have it ready. <laughs> Oh God! And you, and you mentioned Catherine Ward a couple times now. Like for those of us that like got to play with her, an incredible athlete, Amazing. like like probably the best you know defenseman I ever had play in front of me. Uh, she's fantastic. But as you're alluding to, like an even better person off the ice. So um, she's actually funny enough. I was talking to Enso the other day. I was like, you know, somebody I think of often that like I haven't talked to in probably ten years, Wardo. <laughs> like, so Wardo, if you're listening. We all miss you. And uh, yeah, we're, we're thankful that you come back to us. Um, yeah. So then you're, you're at BU and like, this is the thing, like with centralization, right? Like every four years, these athletes uproot wherever they are yeah. and they live in Calgary. Like, Oh, just leave all your things, all the friendships, everything that you have, just leave them there for, you know, six months and you're just going to live here. So it happens again. You're for the uh, 2014, right? Yeah. For Sochi. So just talk us through kind of maybe just encompass like your time at BU. Um, Obviously you made the right decision. You loved your time there, you know, kind of talk us through the culture. And then again, having to uproot in your junior year. Yeah. Like obviously like the first year, um, you know the girls, you know of the girls, but like you don't know them as well. So obviously at first year you get to to know these girls and lucky enough, uh, my roommate Louise Warren, like she was just a riot. I love her so much. Like she's so funny and she really like kind of, we really connected right away. And obviously I remember like texting each other before going to be you like, like you're going to be you, right? You like, are we going to be a roommate? Like, sure, let's do it. And we never met. We never really talked. So I see you get there. It's like, you look around, like who's Lou, who's Louise, you know, it's like, and then like, lucky enough to be a roommate and Lou and Pooh. Uh, Love it. Lou and Pooh. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the senior, like Holly Lorms was like the three of us reconnected. We're like really good friends and still to this day. And obviously that really helped. Yeah, at play we we really got together and we we had a lot of fun. Like we, my first year we were in the final, the Frozen Four. Never thought like you know it's all the thing. We had a pretty good team. Like we had the Watchorn, Wakefield, Quinn, Chuck, uh, Wargo. Like the that was pretty awesome for our first year uh, of college. So, but like last the next three years, like you go to school, you really learn how to study. To be honest, because the first year like you're all over the place. You <laughs> you don't really go to like to class like you, you decide to do other stuff but then realize that okay you gotta have a gpa you, you gotta make sure you go to study hall and like all of these things you kind of okay it's a little bit more strict than you think you know you can't <laughs> do it all just that easily and then you kind of learn that routine you gotta you be you're a little bit more disciplined but i think having that balance i think student athlete is so amazing he amazes me every time even like now watching march madness you see these women you see these guys going and like playing in in front of fans and then you're able to get a diploma out of it it's just like (laughs) it's like the best setup of all to be honest and i was very lucky to be in bu and my parents came a couple times and i don't know and cax came a couple times to visit us and you know it's just it's just great it's obviously we all went to school we all went to university and 
and you get to play hockey with, with your friends and you get to represent. Like, to be honest, one thing that really impressed me is, you know, NCA, how people are so big in their school. They're so like cheerful, like, you know, I'm a terrier. Like I am you, I bleed red. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> awesome. That's exciting. But like, when is this? And then, okay, first year in, yep. I'm a proud terrier. And like, you know, second year, year four, it's like, you know what? I bleed red. I'm the one telling you. I'm awesome. like, but, but that culture, that cult, it's, it's quite amazing. You, you cheer for your like, like even slew and like you go like yeah. so excited to talk about it. And that's something that I didn't think was going to be that big in my opinion, but it really made a big difference. That That's quite awesome. That's yeah, awesome. You, you build like a, a real sense of like community. It's like, it's, <laughs> and, but it's like different. Cause it's like a, it's own little bubble. Yeah. Like while you're there, you're just in like a different universe. Like, I, and even when you get out of it, you're just like, like you meet us like a slew person or you meet a BU person and they're so excited. They've never met you. They don't even know who you are, but just the fact that you graduated from that place, like the pride that's yeah. attached to those schools is, is you're right. Is it's quite, uh, quite impressive. And it's something that I didn't know either till you know, you come back from the NCAA. I'm sure it's similar on the Canadian side. Oh like yeah. Moxie, golden right? Hawk for life. Honestly, every time I meet a, a golden Hawk, like I feel like I just want to break out into our like cheers that we used to do playing beer okay. pong and like, just see, you know, see how old I am. They're like, Oh, they don't, they don't sing that anymore. No, yeah, they okay. didn't do that. <laughs> that was 12 years ago. It's fine. Um, so um, I just want to uh, allude to one part of like your career too. I'd be you like you, So you worked through it all, like your first two years of, they were, the first year was amazing. And then you had a couple injuries and then, um, relentless, like obviously came back from it and then got centralized again. Um, how was like, I think, was it your first, uh, your second or third year? That was like pretty, like you didn't play much, um, because of injuries and you had to come back from it and everything like get us through like that part of it too. And how, how that either affected you or how you were able to help your team at that point too, and keep going with BU and the Terrier, basically. Um, uh, obviously, like that first year was quite amazing. Like I mentioned, like everything went so well in the final. And obviously you're excited to get back at it. Like uh, you go back home for the summer and then uh, you come back. And I remember the first, the second game of the year, like I kind of fell into the board and I ruptured my spleen. And like my parents were in the stands and I, I remember just get up and I could barely like get off the ice and I just lay down and I was out, I was off a stretcher, took the ambulance to the, to the hospital. And Jeez. at that moment, my English was okay. Well, that amazing. So it's clean to me. I have no idea what that was. <laughs> where, where is that? <laughs> Can you oh, tell me what is broken <laughs> and where, please? Your spleen, like. I think you ruptured your spleen because they were like pressing my stomach. Like it's very painful. So, and my yeah. parents are there. Like, obviously, they don't speak English. And like, at that moment, my patient is not that high, you know? Yeah. What's happening, Manny? Like, are yeah. you okay? And I'm like, Danny, I do not know right now. Okay. I'm just going to hospital. Okay. So, meet you there. So, anyway, we go there. And luckily, like, there was a doctor that spoke French and was, was able to explain uh-huh. my parents. and. But I remember Lou was texting me like, are you okay? What's happening? I was like, uh, I think I broke my spine. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, like, obviously, what I is said, that? Like, okay, that, that, that. And I remember like talking to her after she's like, 
what the hell did you do? Like broke my spine. You like, it's like, I, I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know what it was. So I was like, oh boy. Anyway, I ruptured my spleen and I was like two months or three months um, out because it was a little bit dangerous. I was four days at the hospital. Uh, it was a little bit of a scary moment. Scary That's one, yeah. Um, my parents were there like when you see your mom and your dad a little bit cry on the side there. It's like, oh boy, it's a little bit more uh, um, dangerous than, than I thought that moment. And then you start Googling. It's like, okay, okay. Then don't Google. Don't Google. <laughs> never. <laughs> never do that. Just yeah. translate. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, that was a tough moment because like a spleen, like obviously you can't really do anything. It's literally yeah. just time. You just sit there and you're so patient doing nothing yeah if it's a hand or anything it's like okay you you feel more strain at some point but it just like x-rays you see it's getting better anyway i I was able to come back after christmas and obviously Uh i got so out of breath and like the timing was off like but this first game or second game i'm back i really toe pick into the boards and i i separated my shoulder i forgot about that i like like okay awesome and i was so mad like it literally came back and that was the second game my parents are there it's like okay geez bad luck (laughs) but yeah (laughs) oh my god how how infuriated were you like yeah second back so that's a couple weeks too again Probably. Yeah, I literally just played a couple games at the end of the season and the playoffs, and that's it. And I, at that moment, I was a little thinking to maybe redshirt because I literally miss. Uh, yeah, yeah, three, like the entire season, basically. But I think it was too late. It happened a little bit too late. But that that year was very hard, like mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. Also, for me, it's like knowing that I did my work at school. I know I'm going to get to practice. So not <laughs> having that, that was a little bit hard, but. Uh, it builds you, it, it makes you be a little bit more vulnerable to ask for help. And I think that year I kind of helped uh, through all of that. And then last year I went healthy and smoothly. That's awesome. I love that. The growth of like being okay with like asking for help. Sometimes we don't, we're just so proud and we just don't want, I don't need anyone type of thing. And uh, 100%. Yeah. We're, I don't know. It's just a, it's like, what if I show too much vulnerability? Like, what are they going to think? But I think it's like, usually when you show vulnerability, that's like, basically you're going to end up with something that you want or need at times, like versus someone trying to guess what you need. So no, that's, that's amazing. And then following year, you played the full season and then got centralized, right? Or yeah. that was just, okay. Wow. Yeah. So you came back from these two injuries and just straight into <laughs> that. Yeah. That's uh, okay. I was trying I, to like figure out. I, I honestly can't even wrap my head around that. Like, I think most people honestly probably would have just stopped playing hockey. Like, <laughs> like it, you get two massive injuries like that, take away your whole season. Like, I would just be like, all right, well, just wasn't meant to be a hockey player. But uh, honestly, good for you because that's, yeah, that's a lot to come back from. And obviously, it speaks to the support system that you had, not only at home, character. but at BU. Like, yeah. I mean, you're also probably the toughest mental like mentally tough athlete, you know, in the world. So um, it didn't come from nowhere. Captain Clutch, you know, <laughs> scored the biggest goals in women's hockey history. You don't just get there from coasting through practice. You got to um, rupture some spleens. Would that, would that be said too, before we go? 
<laughs> it shows character, Boo. I will say that. I think that's what she's trying to say. Um, that's exactly uh, what I said. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, with that, with that being said, so you just went to well, you just went four years ago. You went to Vancouver. Now you're getting centralized for Sochi. Um, how was the the whole? journey to Sochi knowing what you knew now like you know being your first year or your first time around like the pressure and what you were dealing with for Vancouver now you're in the second round of it all like was it a bit different and and that team still had like the Wellet, the Hefford the all of them right still yeah. so yeah like talk to us about that team too yeah. and that yeah. well obviously Vancouver was like my first time like I, my role was different. I knew I was like not playing that much, to be honest. Like uh, I was on the fourth line and I, I knew that. And that, that moment I was just enjoying it. Holy moly. I did, I'm at the Olympics and I still enjoy it in 2014, but I knew like, you, like as an athlete, you always want more. You, you want to yeah. you, you, you make sure you're, you're there. And obviously the, the coaching staff changed and you have Kevin Denny that came in after Christmas and oh, that's right. the, uh, leadership group change, like Carol's captain and all of it kind of came together very quick after Christmas. Uh, so, but approaching it, I feel like it was just, again, taking it in, enjoying the moment. Um, so like I was playing with Heffy and Effie and Carol, I think. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when we, I was playing with pretty good player at that moment. And, uh, I knew I had to like deliver and like play well, like in, in a sense at that moment. But uh, the whole year was always exciting. I was, uh, to be honest, every centralization year for me, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's like you, you get to play every day. It's like it's you make that of a living. It, it's so much fun. And Sochi, I mean, it was a fairy tale the way it end, ended. Like uh, there's no better way to say that. I didn't think ever, ever, like even going from Vancouver, like, yeah, I'm lucky. Um, I get two goals in that first year. And I'm like, okay. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. <laughs> Very much so. And then it's 2014, like, like, you think about it, it's like, imagine what, like, you know, it's like, but, and like, literally I would be like, there's no way, like, there's no way to ever <laughs> again. And lucky enough, that happened. And it's like, after the game, I remember like looking at my parents and like, literally like crying. It's like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> you know, it's like, and call my brother, like, you know, it's just like kind of surreal, but obviously having the, these leaders there, like when you have Carol, Hefe and the week and the Absi, like sitting in a dressing room, going into overtime and you see them calm and so composed and just, you know what, when one of the rookie on that team, it, it makes it easy to just follow and just be yourself. And I think it really showed at that moment in 2014. That's for sure. That's amazing. And I, I was going to ask you this a little later, but it just fits too perfectly into the conversation we're having right now. Like for a lot of players, uh, you know, myself included, it was the moment when I was like in a locker room with a Maple Leaf on my practice Jersey, you know, sitting across from, from you Pooh, where I was like, okay, this is like, a real moment, you know, like you were a player that I looked I at and I was it. like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe like I could be on this team. Right. Did you have a player either on in 2010 or 2014 um, or prior that like you had like a moment where you're like, I can't believe like I'm sitting across from so-and-so. I avoid lots of them. Like it was like, cause 20, 2002 was really like when I was really watching on the TV, watching these ladies, like, 
winning that gold medal where it's like, you know, on the blue line, you see Cassie Gamble, like those eyes, like crying of so much pride. And it's like, wow. And I remember my first camp, like literally going to these girls in like, I don't know, 2007. And you see the cat, the Vicky Sonorara and like Cassie and Effie and Carol. It's like, okay, and that's awesome. But then 2010, 2014, we literally wear the same jerseys. I have like Heffy, Apsy, Carol, uh, Wick, and like Keller. Like those are all like Kim, Chart. Like, you know, it's like yeah. you, you know them as, as hockey players and you get to play with them and you get to know them on a different level. And it's like, holy shit, like they're, they're a great hockey player. But like these ladies like behind the helmet and the person they are, it's like even better. And that's something that really st- stuck with me since 2010 uh, and how they don't take anything for granted. Like they, like you see the heavy, the camera, they've won gold. They, they've been there before and they still show up to the rink with like, you know, at the best work ethic and a smile on their face and they love being there. And that's something that I just stuck with me since that, that first day. And like, obviously Carol for us in Quebec, like in Canada, but like, getting to know her, getting to play with her. And like, remember meeting her in the gym for the first time. And I was just like, my jaw dropped and she was so strong. And I was like crazy. And she was such a great hockey player. And now I get to know her. And then now like, like Carol, Kim, Charlie, for me, those are the three that really mm-hmm. took me under their, 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 their wings. They helped me uh, who I am today for sure. That's amazing. Cool. Two or three goalies, good people, you know. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's just that, like the first time that she was training uh, with Wellhead and stuff, I'm pretty sure the coach put them together with the same weight. So they had to, like, baby poo is just like squatting as much. I was like, holy, this person's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> and, and Carol, same. Like, I remember the first time I was at camp with her and she was just like, like exactly as you're saying, just like so calm, such a, like a poised, confident leader, but also like was willing to like have a side conversation with me and just be like, Hey, like, how are you doing? Like it's your first camp, you know, like this is the kind of like, uh, role model that you want in the program. Like this is, this is how you want to feel when you're a young, nervous kid. And you're just like, I'm trying not to shit myself or like let in 12 goals. <laughs> and then, you know, you get Carolyn Lewitt who comes up to you or like Sammy Joe came up to me in one of my first camps, you know, it's like they're, they're there for a reason. And it's not just that they're incredible hockey players. And, and I they think do. it's safe to say that, uh, you know, you're filling those shoes uh, nicely too. So um, maybe we'll stick with the Olympics. We can go to, you know, the most recent, but I'm going to toss in another fun question. Cause I, because <laughs> I can, it's, it's our show. So why not? Um, let's see if, uh, okay. If you had to eat one meal for the rest okay. of your life, what would it be? Maple fondue. I told Maple you. Fondue. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I would start. I with would like to learn more about this. A meat fondue and then a maple fondue. Like dessert type of thing, you mean? Or okay, hmm. like, and and I learned prior to you coming on that maple syrup is like a, a thing for you. Oh, I love it. That's love not this. a thing. It's an obsession. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's a good obsession, though. It's not too bad. So, that was like, a quick answer too. Just so you know, there's no yeah. hesitation. Maple and fondue. I didn't prompt her on it, so that's that's authentic. So Captain Clutch loves maple syrup, which is probably the most Canadian thing you're going to hear today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could own like a sugar farm, like a like a sugar like a shack, maple yeah. syrup farm, sugar shack, 
Would you do that? I would love that. Like I told my dad, I would, I would like to buy one with him, but he doesn't want to do all the work because I know. <laughs> because he knows, he knows, you're, he knows he's going to be the one having to run it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Eventually in my wildest dream. Wow. Well, well you know what? I like it. There's a great family, uh, the Carrick family out in Stouffville that uh, I might have a connection with. So we'll see if we can get you some uh, <laughs> Carrick Brothers maple syrup, authentic from Uxbridge. Um, oh let's that. let's jump back. Let's stick with the Olympics. Talk us through, um, you know, we've had a few guests on, obviously a very special team this year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you played a big role in that. So why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your team? Very, very special, like you mentioned, to be honest. Um, Obviously, with 2018, that was, I think, one of the um, hardest moments, not only for me personally, but I think as a group, I think it was a tough one. Um, so I think the, the work that's been done for the last four years uh, really showed. Um, it was a four-year process where, obviously, COVID happened. Uh, the World Champion of 2019, we, we won bronze. So all of it was very uh, eye-opener for a lot of us. Like, what do we need to do differently? What do we need to change? And I think it's just started right away from Gina uh, coming in, uh, having that leadership from bottom up to uh, up to bot like, up, well, Top, top to down. bottom. Top, top down. down. <laughs> Google Translate. Bottoms <laughs> up, but top down. Arrow, yeah. Arrow, yeah. <laughs> I think it was so like connected. And I think it started with Gina and our coaching staff and all the girls together. And we had a lot of Zoom calls during the pandemic where some of them was uh, led by the leadership group. Some of them was led by Troy and by Gina. And like all of it we were so connected. And right away, the girls like wanted to be there and wanted to learn, wanted to, to make sure that they were ready to go. And something I'm so proud of this group is how much work has been done on their own time and their own mm-hmm. time at their housing the last two years, like mm-hmm. taking the time to find a place in their house, in the basement, in the kitchen, any way possible to get a workout in. Um, all these Zoom calls, uh, all the hard work on the journal and anything possible, like people were just dialed in and you felt it even if we didn't talk every day, but they were ready to go when camp happened. And when centralization happened, obviously it was a big process. Um, but the group that we had there, obviously there was some uh, tough cut that happened and that's part of the process, sadly, but they were part of our team. They, they really built us up from the world championship in August to the Olympics. And after Christmas, obviously the team was named. And But it was just so fun. It was really a fun process. Like we know it's a hard process through it all. Yeah. Like got to show the ring sometimes you're tired you're exhausted but um really it just really connected at the right time throughout the whole year uh, and obviously on big we we saw it we were our, our our smile were from years to years from the game number one to the last game and yeah even in hard situation and pressure situation that we still had smile we still like make it fun and i think it's hard to put into words, but being able to be to be rewarded with that gold medal, it was just the cherry on top. That's for sure. That's amazing. That's something also, um, even the media was saying too, like how calm, but happy or smiling and enjoying it the whole time. Every time you guys like from worlds on, basically, it was like, this team looks like they're having fun together. They look like they want to be beside each other the whole time. And, and honestly, I think it gave you guys an edge over any other team, like just, you know, you will do anything and everything for the person sitting beside you truly. And that makes a difference. And your whole concept of doing it your way, right. 
Like, mm-hmm. um, I think spoke volume to why this team was so successful too. Um, and I feel like the time we get to Canada and like, it's funny cause we're talking about it and you get a t-shirt with like something on it, like a, a yeah. slogan or something. A slogan, you, yeah. you never talked about it and you have to follow right. you, you have all of a sudden you have to believe in it and you have to find some meaning to it as a group. Mm-hmm. In this sense, we, we as a group came together. We had a lot of Zoom call. We had a lot of meetings about what we want to do, what who we want to be. And I think there are ways stuck with us. And right away, it was just our thing. It was like, we're the one that put it on the jersey and we're the one that has a meaning of, of, yeah. of it. So I think that made a big difference in that sense of building a culture, building a team and everybody had a voice. It was just unbelievable. Literally sometimes like the bus was like still 20 minutes away. Everybody was ready. We really just sat in the dressing room and we just talk and laugh and just did anything stupid. But I just did a lot instead of just leaving the room and going on our phone. And like, we just yeah. wanted to be with each other around yeah. the whole one big experience. And it was awesome. Yeah. And, and like you kind of alluded to it, but like controlling the controllables, like controlling what you can control in preparation, because we all know once you get in that game, like anything can happen. It can hit the fan you know, you could have an off day and you could be down, you know, three goals, those things like those, that's part of the game. We can't always control that stuff, but knowing that going into it, you've done everything as a team to, you know, build a really solid foundation so that if that happens, you're you're good. Like you guys are, you got each other's backs. You're good. The whole, the team, you know, our way, your, your motto. Like, I think that speaks volume to the fact that you're like, Hey, we're just going to focus on what we're doing make sure we're confident in our preparation and the rest, you know, will take care of itself. And at the end of the day, you know, gold medal is like you say, the cherry on top, but even walking away without one, because I've been on losing teams that were like that. And I, those are the teams I remember. Like those are the teams that I look back mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, we deserved better. But like, those were formative teams that, you know, changed who I was as a, as a player and as a person. Yeah. And I think like, the last few years, like control the controllables, like, we didn't have much control over anything. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I think it prepared you for that. Yeah. And like the, our doc was a saint. Like she went through so much with the COVID and the protocols and everything. And the amount of work that's been put in like behind closed door with like Gina, the doc and everybody around us was unbelievable. And for us, we're just showing up to the rink and sometimes things were, were canceled. Things were changed and schedule yeah. were changed. But you know what? Like I feel we learned so much and we're just focused on ourselves mm-hmm. and and take you with a smile. Yeah. Yeah. At each other's back. And I liked what you said. Everyone had a voice and felt comfortable to be themselves too. And I think that makes it, that makes the whole difference for sure. Well, um, we're proud of you. And obviously scoring another big goal, <laughs> not a big deal. You did it again at the rivalry game, the rivalry rematch. Uh, it, this has just become a staple. So I, I'd like to go back to, you know, when you said, yeah, I was lucky in Vancouver and then lucky in Sochi and you know, Pyeongchang or whatever. And then you got like a four leaf clover or something. Yeah. This is a lot of luck well, repeating it's, uh, itself. Yeah. I wish I was that lucky. I guess. <laughs> Oh no, but we're, we're really proud of you and, and whatever, you know, it speaks volumes of who you are and what you learned from your, um, from your mentors, you know, to allow 
maybe the youngsters this year to take those side conversations that we were talking about that mentors of yours did. And I'm sure you had a, you had an impact on those players. So well done as a, as a captain, you need to, you know, take it. Don't, don't say you had nothing to do with it. So make sure that uh, you, you, well, we want to make sure you feel it. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be the ones bragging for yeah. you. If you're, you're going to you stay d- humble, you don't have so. to do anything. Just, yeah. just go like this. It's okay. We'll just pump your tires. <laughs> you can cut all of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's staying. That's staying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's, let's move into a little bit. We're kind of, uh, you know, in the last quarter of the episode, mm-hmm. we just want to get to know who you are away from the ring, because, uh, you know, as we said, you know, you've done a bazillion interviews. I'm sure you've been on a thousand TV shows, a million, you know, appearances and <laughs> kissing babies, signing autographs, doing That's all this. Tiring. And we want to know who you are. Yeah. Away from the rink a little bit. So Tell us first, maybe a little bit about your love. We learned about your maple syrup love, which is I love. That's perfect because you're Canadian and there's just nothing better. But talk <laughs> us through a little bit about, um, you know, kind of your newfound passion for camping and RVing and how you spend your summers. Oh, I love it. I don't know why after having Sochi, I was like, literally was like, I saw a nice, like, you know, those Wolves Valley, Wolves Valley game, like old, like kind of camping truck. And I was like, I want that. And I want to go across Canada or whatever U.S. and make a trip. And I told my mom, I was like, okay, maybe I want to buy that. And then she stopped right away. She's like, I'm crazy trying to find it. So we bought like a kind of an older one, the first one in 2015. And we used it. We went camping. Obviously, like when I was younger, our main trip of the summer, we would go camping and go to Old Orchard, like close to, to our place. And we were just as a family, like like in a tent, like we were like, camping in the tent and then obviously buying that RV was a little bit more luxurious for glamping. <laughs> yeah. So we started like doing I would start camping with my parents and I really enjoyed it. And obviously two two or three years ago we kind of upgraded to a, a bigger one and nicer one. And like it's mine, but I know like my parents are retired and they love camping as well. So they, they use it a little bit more because I'm a little bit more busy than them. But anytime I need it, like we either meet halfway and I take it. And obviously it's been great. Like last summer I went to Spooner's wedding uh, <laughs> with like Kaz and Laura. And we, we had a lot of fun, to be honest. And I don't think Spo- Spo- we told Spooner, like obviously like there was a, didn't have that much space in our cottage and and we told her like we can come if you want us to come we'll come in our RV and we'll see in our RV you don't need to worry about us and lucky enough like we were able to go and we showed up and Adam and Spooner literally like we didn't think it was going to be that big <laughs> where are they going to park and anyway we found a place and it was just awesome like those little moments I love and, and then you you just go on trips too I mean I know you're going to events with it and everything um, and then you know people sleep with those one. I love outside. I love just hanging outside by a fire, have a nice food, have a nice little drink and just enjoy it. And now that we have Arlo, it's it's pretty awesome to just be able to bring him anywhere we, we want. So Arlo is the new uh, little golden retriever that was added to yeah. your life. Yeah. Pooh, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a dog before, Arlo? Like a I family dog? dog? Did you love dog before? <laughs> I did but not as much no <laughs> i didn't think i was gonna like a dog like that okay i said yeah it. see i love that i love it so you found a new little true love i mean dogs are the best and then i'm yeah, sure you brought are. tons of joy you got him during covid right yeah 
Yeah. So he's bringing you that little joy of like going outside and everything. And yeah. he is just the cutest. You guys, did you miss him when you were I was gonna ask, obviously yeah. at the Olympics? Like, I feel like I would have separation anxiety. Yeah. We, well, we did bring him for two months in Calgary. We were about to, to have him over. But then when things got busy, uh, he stayed over at our parents. Like, we were splitting in between. And it was fun. When we got back, it was the first thing we wanted was get back into our new house and have Arlo in it. So oh, that's so cute. We don't deserve dogs. They're too good. to. I'm glad that Arlo was able to convert you into a dog lover. Um, yeah, I'm sure he brings you, you know, both so much joy. Um, so we'll just round out. Actually, I've got another good question for you. This is, this might be a long one. Okay. So you've done a lot in your short 30 years, right? 30. Yeah. yeah. Just a young buck. Um, are there, and is there anything on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Like if you could give three things on your bucket list and wow. time money is not an issue, what would they be? Um, wow. Maybe I would like to jump of a plane, like a um, skydive. Skydive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, okay. Like mm. a long trip in Greece, Italy. I think that's mm. something that I would love to. And but that. well, with that, I would add like you know I, having a big villa somewhere where mm. friends and family can come anytime they want. It's like you know open door policy, and they can just just have it for a couple months and come down when you can be there and take off when you need to. That's yeah, amazing. I love that. Can't wait That's for my amazing. invite. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I love this third bucket list. Uh, should you say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great. Um, I feel like, yeah, like I feel like Greece and Italy would be like just so beautiful. And then the, the like winery and everything. I see where, I see what you're, yeah, yeah, I see where I you're going with that. I watched the movie Mamma Mia. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You want to be there. Yes. You want to go to that little. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Me and sisterhood of the traveling pants. And I was like, oh, Greece is sweet. I'm going to meet some handsome man on a boat and he's going to whisk me away. <laughs> that really, that really, that really played a role for you. <laughs> Huge role, obviously, in my life. <laughs> oh, God. I love oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Well, Poo, honestly, we're rounding out. I wish you could stay for another hour. It was fantastic having you on. Um, you know, appreciate you making time for us today. That was great. Thanks, guys. You're very good at this. <laughs> you doubted oh, us, eh? You did. I would never doubt it. <laughs> we'll say uh, hi to uh, Danny, Pia, and Robert. You know, that will be listening to this as well, too. They had a huge yes. uh, part in your life and stuff. So we salute them as well, too. Those are Yeah, we, we kind of skimmed over the family, but... Uh, you know, as Cax is alluding to, obviously play a huge role in your life, uh, just even in your stories there. And yeah, I'm sure that you guys will be having a good uh, get together in the summer and they'll all be excited to see you and, and get the family back together again. So <laughs> wish you happy celebrating and uh, yeah, we'll stay posted. Thanks again so much for making time for us. Uh, we know you're busy, so we appreciate it very much. Thank yeah. you guys. It was awesome. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN. Produced in partnership with the PWHPA. Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at Carol Emard. The
The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and CACs and the rest of the SDPN crew. Free scores!